0: coach ben here and you are listening to the bench and today we are talking about well my last meet and the training leading up to that um it was a raw meet so it's a little bit different it's going from equipped stuff to raw which is a whole task in itself um Let's crack some windows here. It is hot. God damn, it is hot up here. Holy shit. It is New York now. It is what, almost July. Once it gets late July, early August, it is going to be real, real interesting. These uh, temperature swings are crazy. Yeah, it is getting pretty hot here. Yesterday was a very wet day. I mean, I could go through about three, four shirts right now. I'm sweating. (laughs) But... Anyways, going from a quipped meat to a raw meat, um, not as easy as you may think. All right, there's definitely some things to consider. Uh, I know probably a majority of you uh, are probably trying to go from raw to equipped, if anything, but I'm certainly, uh, there's some listening that who compete equipped that might be interested in how to transition back over to raw and whatnot, and how to go between the both. I think someone who is legendary at doing that was uh Vinny DiZenzo. guy bet 600 pounds raw three different weight classes which is a feat in itself um and he also did 900 900 pounds ladies and gentlemen that's a top five lift 275 um hell of a i I'm, I'm sorry i might have been 242 but that's a hell of a lift i was there that day Um, That was impressive and he would transition between equipped and raw lifting like that Uh, He always said though that if he focused in on one or the other he'd probably be a little bit better at either or Uh, Because it's hard. It's a hard transition Um, And I'm going to talk about that a little bit and then just some of the things I had to consider as I was going through training to bring up to get me ready for raw um, and we'll go through all that. So we're gonna have some fun today. If you're watching live, I got the championship belt on my shoulder. All right, this is the 2019 Sword of Democles championship belt, sponsored by Big Benches. You see the big old logo right in the middle there. Some RPS signs right here on the end plates. Uh, this is a nice looking belt. Would you say this is a nice looking belt, Elvis? I think it's freaking sweet. This belt's on the line. September 14th, you could come out win this belt. Best bench by Wilkes. Anyone's game here. Anyone can come in and take this belt. Alright, little people included. Alright, so if you don't weigh much, your Wilkes probably pretty good. So come on out, see if you can get your hands on this belt. Alright, we got belts for the total, we got belt for deadlift. It's the Push pull World Championships RPS Conquest of the Gods. You can sign up RPS Powerlifting. Make sure that you do that. ASAP, Get your entry in. We are about, what, like two months and, and a week away or some days away. You're not going to want to miss it. All right. We got the belts on the line. It's going to be a good time. So, Push Pull World Championship, sponsored by BigBenches.com. Um, sign up today. All right, guys. Um, also, we got a quick question. You let's wanna. kick it off with a question. First off, let's kick it off with a swig of coffee for the working man. mm From Kieran96A, have you tried using a Bench Daddy? If so, would you recommend it? Um, I have not tried on a Bench Daddy. I'm very familiar with the Bench Daddy. Um, I've tried on the product. I haven't had the actual shirt. Um, I have been around people who have, it's a very wide groove. Um, Like you got a really bench flared out. There's no real tucking involved. It's actually very, very different than an actual shirt um i i can't say i would recommend it um is if you go with the bench tag I, I feel like you're gonna have a little bit of a hard time um if that's like your first shirt or you know something that you're in for a long time you'd really have a hard time kind of transitioning over to pretty much anything else um so, uh, that, you'd have to just be like ready to roll with that thing. I do think it's a great product um, if you'd actually get one sent to you. I don't know. <laughs> That's about a half a year wait. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I think you can get a lot out of those pretty easily. It's a very easy learning curve. You can jump right into it and find a lot of success. It is not legal in every federation, Um, So you have to keep that in mind. For example, if you want to come for the belt September 14th, you couldn't show up in a Bench Daddy shirt. um, That's a no-go. So you got to consider that, but I do think it's a a decent product. I'd probably, if anything, invest in uh, one of their just like slingshot products. Um, You know, the devices rather than the shirt. But uh, that's my take on that. All right. And anyone joining in, feel free to post your questions down below. We're on IG Live, for those listening um, who don't quite have the opportunity to join us on IG Live. Uh, Usually, we film these, um, we do these things Wednesday morning, right Elvis? Yep, usually every Wednesday morning. Every Wednesday morning, you can check on the IG, see us go live, probably filming the podcast. So, uh, I do want to quickly, before we get into this, I want to touch on an event that we got going on um, this August 9th. It's a Friday so, I mean, if you're accustomed to join us in the morning, this would be an awesome opportunity. Now, what we are going to be doing is our first live uh, bench clinic. It is a live webinar. So, it's going to be the same exact format you would see um, in a bench clinic, which is going to be super, super valuable because you can join us live. Um, you know, probably a lot of people thinking, well, Coach Ben, can I just get the same information on all our YouTube videos? And while there's a lot of good info there... Um, to, you, you, there's an order that you want to learn everything in, and we are going to be breaking things down from the ground up. So it's like building a house, right? You got to start with the base layer. Some of those concepts that I'll touch on on YouTube videos, unless you know where to layer that in your progression of learning. Like if I'm talking about stuff that's going on in the press, but your setup's not there yet, then it's not going to help you like it should, and you're going to find it a little bit frustrating. So, joining in on one of these things is going to be huge for you because we're going to cover it all. We're going to go through everything. So, you know, if you are um, been stuck making progress on a bench or you're trying to overcome um, an injury or you're just trying to get better technique because that's the quickest way to add more LBs to your bench, right? Um, this is going to be a great, great event. August 9th, Elvis is going to be in the building filming the event all right. So even if you can't join us live, you will gain access after uh, to everything that we filmed and, and access to me to ask you questions and all of that. So going to be an awesome event August ninth. That's Friday nine a, or sorry ten a.m. Eastern time. Okay. And <clears throat> price. I know you're saying Coach Ben. wants the price on this thing? All right. It is the cheapest value you are going to get. Okay. For example, an in-person session with us can be as much as $150, all right? A bench clinic ticket can be as much as $100, especially if I'm in the traveling clinic. So, um, this vet, you're going to have access to for under $10, so you can't beat the value because we are covering everything in the kitchen sink. So, mark your calendars, August 9th, all right? Um, and you will see a link for that uh, post it that's actually on our website so you go bigbenches.com slash bench clinics sign-ups right there for you all right? and right you're not gonna have to pay until the day all right there's no payment up front you just sign in for it all right so let's talk about it this was the rps connecticut states this is going from a quick benching over to raw benching a little more difficult than you might think all right so first off some things I had to consider going from shirted training over to raw training, okay? Because there is a big difference. First off, being stronger off the chest, obviously, because with the shirt, you're getting that that stretch in the bottom there. It's like a slingshot. It's going to pop you off the chest real good, all right? So now, without something like that, you have to actually be very strong off the chest to get that bar moving, So that is a big thing that had to be considered. Um, You know, at first, I'll tell you, I had about eight weeks to get ready from going from 730 multiply um, over to this raw bench. I remember taking 365 first week of training raw, and I was like, shit, man, I don't know what's going to happen. This is kind of heavy. But you have to develop those weak points in that time. You really have to be specific with your exercise choices, um something that we will cover here uh this is gonna be great any raw benchers out there all this stuff's gonna be super applicable to you because um i'd say most my my tips are geared towards raw anyway but um in specific i'm gonna share a lot of stuff i was doing to bring up my raw bench here today okay so definitely listen up if you're a raw bench you don't miss it um Technique, Okay, so it's going to be a lot different than the shirt of bench where you're traveling more to the belly. You're throwing back harder. Um, you know, for me, it's not going to be the hugest difference. and I don't have a large stroke to the bench. So I might only cover, what, four inches or something of actual distance because um, of the setup and all, cutting range down. For someone else, it might be a much bigger change. If you got long arms, you're benching through a huge range of motion right you're going from a big angle to your press to more straight up and down i wouldn't say straight up and down there's still an angle but that's the direction you're heading you gotta um cut down that drastic distance that you're cutting on the angle there you know, very different dimension in the shirt and then got eight weeks to get ready for this thing and never really training down to chest full handling full load like that a huge thing you got to consider is mobility injury prevention, right? Having the range of motion to do that stuff and and safely do it. So that is something um, that was a big concern of mine too because the last thing I want is blowing out a freaking peck doing this raw bullshit, right? (laughs) Because I don't really care as much about the raw stuff. So last thing I want is hurting myself in any way trying to bring this up. Um, The whole point of bringing this up so that you get better in the shirt because obviously if you have a bigger base of raw strength whatever you can get out of a shirt you're tacking that onto it okay so it's always a good idea to bring up your raw work you might not have to go through a full training cycle like i did but spending some time doing raw stuff to bring that up for sure will help you in the shirt any shirted lifters out there um but yeah that that mobility just recovery because recovery is going to be a lot different you're not handling as much load so terms of cns nervous system recovery you, you're probably better off there you could probably train a little more frequently but you do have to watch out because you are taking all the brunt of the weight so it can be a little bit dangerous if you do overdo it and again last thing we want is um an injury or anything so off the bat when the weight was a little bit lighter i was i was pushing the volume but near the end it felt like i was barely training to be honest with you the last three weeks after that last heavy session, I barely felt like I trained that whole time. But that kept me healthy. I had no problems going into me. I felt awesome. Alright, so that was a big consideration. So just some things that you got to keep in mind if, if you're making a similar transition um, from equipped stuff to raw stuff. And then just things to keep in mind if you're a raw lifter. You know. Alright, so I'm going to share the focal exercises that I use to bring up the raw bench now this is super important because with eight weeks there is no time to be wasted like, I gotta be at my peak raw strength in eight weeks time so all the exercises I'm about to cover with you are really applicable to a raw lifter um, and things that you probably gonna want to be doing all right and I'm gonna tell you why Feet up benching first thing i started off with a lot of feet up benching why because you're going through a much larger range of motion than if you were like a full setup and whatnot like with feet up benching i keep more of a light setup it's getting the shoulders tucked but it's not to the extreme that you see in our videos and in my benching videos right um so you got your feet up on a bench you aren't assisting with leg drives so it's all your upper body so now you're really developing strength upper body wise um longer range. It's just it's a really awesome variation especially if you're a huge arch bencher. Uh, a lot of females out there who can get into these incredible arches they should be doing a lot of feet up benching. And it comes down to making the movement more difficult. Uh, do you do any feet up benching? I do and every time I do it it takes a little part of me away. Yeah you should see his face it looks pissed. But everyone should be doing some feet up benching. Um, at the end of the day, at least for secondary work. Some feet up, some Larson press where my legs are elevated on the bench. It's just still... Yeah, that's another variation of feet up, and that makes it even more difficult because if you put your feet on the pad, you can still kind of push and cheat a little bit. If your legs are swinging out and you're just leg lifted there on the pad, you got nothing. That's total upper body. What that also does is it teaches you to control with your lats. Now you don't have a base of support underneath you. All you got is your back on the bench. So that's your support and you have to learn to actually control with the lats in that capacity. Alright. This isn't necessary an exercise, but it's it's a variation of tack on to some exercise, and that's long pauses. Okay? So if I'm trying to build strength off the chest, how am I gonna do that in the quickest time possible? I got eight weeks guys. That's going to be with long ass pauses on the chest because I got to learn how to create that tension down at chest level again and get that area strong. Because you think about shirt benching, right? You get that pop for a certain amount of time, and then you got to be strong as shit to lock this weight out. So it's not that range I got to bring up. It's everything down here. So I got to spend a lot of time down there. All you know, right. I don't care about this whole rest of it. Right? I really care about what, what's going on down at chest level so long pauses i'm talking you could do five second pauses three second pause work pretty standard um i've even i would go into the la fitness we talked about this on another podcast take 225 right it's nothing maybe like um 50 percent weight whatever well actually it's 50 percent weight ended up hitting uh 440 so that's pretty damn close to 50 percent weight um and I would just take it down, and i hold it for 10 seconds, and i will just focus on how much tension I could create into the bar. Um, that's a fantastic drill. And something that you could do at, like, an LA Fitness, if you're stuck in a commercial gym um, where the equipment's not ideal, you know, that's something easily you can do. And um, I think there's a lot of reward in that, getting strength off the chest, just spend spending time bending the shit out of the bar. Um, those little pads it actually helps you because now you have to focus on lack control even more because you barely fit the damn bench. All right. Anyone listening in, you can drop your cues. All right. We we're talking about this last raw cycle, and if you're a raw bencher, you're gonna want to listen in because these are all real good things for you. The double dead bench. All right. How whatever you want to call it. We did a video on this. that the dead press into a pause. Now, this is pretty brutal. Now, I was thinking, all right, what's some awesome exercises to build the strength off the chest? You no know, dead press is obviously one of them, one I use with a lot of our, our lifters, um, especially the raw lifters doing these dead presses. But I was like, well, I got eight weeks right now. I got to really push it. So I did a double dead bench. So off the, off the pin, set at chest level in the rack. Right, so that bar is already resting down at chest level. So you have to get tight underneath it. Explode right up off the pins. You get the full brunt of the weight. And then you're just immediately pausing again. And I'm talking a very small lift, guys. I'm talking like a half an inch off the pins. Once that weight's off the pins, you're holding that weight again. Okay, So you get tight with it. Boom. Right into a pause. Explode into a pause. Right? And then boom. Explode from there. That's a brutal exercise guys I had trouble 225 I maybe got like 4 reps my first day Doing that, that was tough um, That's an awesome one If you want to bring up strength off the chest Get strong raw right? Close grip versus bands Now I thought this was a Really great exercise Alright cause full, More full range with the close grip The bands are awesome Cause they really kick in at the end so it forces you to be real explosive off the chest. You can't sandbag anything against bands, especially if it's a lot of band tension. You gotta explode through the out the entire movement. Cause if you don't, you're gonna come off your chest quick, but you're gonna get stopped dead real quick as well. So you gotta continue exploding through that some bitch there. Alright. So close grip against bands awesome. Close grip to build up your triceps even more and create longer range of motion. And then, of course, dumbbell work I think is super valuable at this point in time. I did started out that training cycle. um, It was like three, four weeks straight of just uh, on a second bench day. Heavy-ass dumbbell work. And by heavy-ass, I don't mean super heavy. Uh, LA Fitness only has a hundo. So I had to make do. So I would just rep it out more every time. Um, And I got up to 15 reps um, at the tail end of the workout, which is good. Uh, I think it was for me it was, I started with the eighties um and not much, but you know for not doing dumbbells in a freaking long time, I think that's pretty decent, but quickly progressed up because it's like anything once you get back into doing a certain movement you quick you quickly pick up on everything um so yeah, I would do the hundos and then I would do um single arm dumbbell bench and that be like 50 60 something like that uh you don't need much it's more for core stability and then you can really travel that extra range focus on that uh i think single arm dumbbell bench is awesome so i mean those combinations of those five things i would say were the staple of what i would do along with just bench and raw in general um comp style you know that that was really the basis of it and, you know, I didn't take too long before I felt real strong off the chest because I'm just freaking nailing it every workout. So it comes back to training what you specifically need. So would I have been as strong if I did, like, floor pressing and board pressing and all the stuff I did in the shirt? Probably not because I needed to focus on a different, you know, point in the range of motion in order to make that transition successful, Right? So those are all great, great exercises. For those listening, for those joining in, I'll cover it one more time for you. These are excellent raw benching exercises. Feet up benching. Adding in pause variations. 5 second pause, 3 second pause, lightweight, 10 second pause. I don't care. Just stay down there. Double dead bench, right? Dead press into a pause. Brutal. Close grip versus bands. You know, there's no, no faking that, some bitch. That thing's got to go up against those bands and then dumbbell work. Alright, all great stuff. Okay, indicator days. So these are the, the points in my training. Eight weeks, guys. I have no idea what my raw bench is. The last thing that I knew for my raw bench was I did 405 for three. But that was a freaking good amount of time ago. And that would project me around maybe 430. Um,. But I was definitely not at that level when I started. Um, But that was the last I knew. Like uh, the one rep max I did before was like 415. So it's a case where I have no idea where I am. But I got to know where I am to pick attempts for the meet. So that's what things called indicator lift days come in. So these are days where you design them purposely to try to get to a certain point, see what you can do kind of. Um, And then it helps determine your numbers for the meet. So I'll tell you the first one that I had. The first indicator day was actually a close-grip session against bands, okay? So I was hoping that I could, with band resistance at the top, um, you know, I could get into something in the 400s. Where I would end up, I don't know, let the day unfold. Uh, I actually ended up getting to about 365 with 80 pounds of band tension, which I measured. Um, and that would, what, put me in from math, about 445 or something, right? So I hit something around there, top end, but close grip variation. And I believe that was actually a double. Um, so while it's only about 365, or probably a little more now off the chest, um, hitting that for a really good double with the added band tension at the top. Close grip, mind you, um, was a really good sign. And I had a kind of ballpark of where I might be from there. Um, you know, I had 450 to 460 in my head um, after that. I was like, all right, that might be doable. We'll see. Next session, that was a real indicator lift, was a max off of one board. And that day, I ended up getting up to about 455, which I hit. Um, so 455 off the one board. You yeah, know, what, what do you got, like uh, inch and a half, I think, those boards are to go. Um, something like that. But, you know, that was the first time I really brought... Uh, a max effort, you know, so I'm, I'm starting to gather off how that felt, where I could be. Um, and I thought, all right, maybe 450, something like that, we'll see. Uh, but then there was a testing day now. That's where I just worked up something heavy, raw, full comp style. Um, ended up hitting, and it was 425 was my second to last attempt. That went up really smooth. Um, and that was already a 10-pound PR. And then I went to 440. Um, for a 25 pound PR And that went really smooth So that was the last day Where I really could determine my, my numbers um, In which I took At the meet was Projected was 410 440 And then I was going to see from there So guys that's how you kind of come about Developing meet numbers Same thing I do with all my athletes We have these, these special indicator lift days um, These are days I got to see you know, to really help determine numbers, like how'd you perform on this day, um, and this is gonna tell us something. You know, so that's how you want to go about determining numbers. Oatmeal oh, <coughs> oh, in my throat. Oh God, we're losing <coughs> them. Send the coffee for the working man. He usually doesn't talk about raw work for this long. So <laughs> this is something new. Oh, <laughs> well, we got. we we'll we get something coming in. What do we got? From 718 Roland, I hit 408 in comp wing at 230. What do you suggest to add 20 pounds by December? Uh, that's a hard question, bud, because um, I don't know anything about your lift really. So I don't know what's going into the technique. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know where your weak points are. Um, so it's, it's really hard to give you something because, you know, uh, 408 bench is fantastic and the stronger you get, the more specific you need to be. Like, if you said you bench 200, um, pretty much anything would get you stronger, but at 408, you have to be a little more specific and attack those weak points. Uh, I say, well, first thing you might want to look at is do you suck at overhead pressing? Do you do any overhead pressing? Um, I do think that's very valuable, something to look at, so if you're not good at that, if you bench at 4 something, right, and you're only overhead pressing not even 200, that's a big, that's like a big sign to bring that up and that'll help shoulder strength um, you know we could we could look all day into that stuff uh, are you horrible at close grips close grips off boards against bands whatever the case may be um, you know where's your weak point you want to pick exercises to address that um, anything I just mentioned in the podcast here with the raw exercise feet up benching extra pauses, double dead bench, close grip bands dumbbell work are you doing any of that so you can see there's like a lot that goes into it 20 pounds is a hefty chunk of change um not that it can't be done it's just that's difficult to add 20 pounds and I'm happy to add 10 pounds in a year um but uh yeah, my friend. If you want to DM me, I'll, I'll look into it a little bit more. But those are just some things I'm rattling off my head there. He says weak points are off the chest. He currently overhead presses 225 for uh, five sets of ten. Five set. All five right, so ten seconds. Five tens. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure. Um, if you doing five or ten reps, I think that's pretty decent. Um, and if weak points are off the chest, exactly what I said here. Uh, Spend more time down there, do a lot of pause work um, Focus on your positioning in the bottom Is your leg drive on point? Um, The double dead press bench that I was talking about That's brutal Um, All that stuff If you don't do much close grip Feet up close grip um, Things to consider there Alright, so moving on We talked about some of those exercises I threw into the program And to get ready in this 8 week period um, and I last time I pushed a raw bench I don't even know, like full training cycle It was mostly um, Just Doing raw workouts and stuff like that Time to time um, But since I spent such an extensive time In the shirt and doing shirted stuff um, I had to be careful with this one Because I wanted to bring up the raw But I didn't want to hurt myself too um, And he said Thank you Bub, for the feedback, my leg drive sucks." So Answer the question right there, my friend. That might be something to look at, because that can add a lot to your bench, leg drive. Um, so, going into the meet. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know well what what's going on. I don't know what's going on, because this meet last year, so some weird shit's going on in the world right now. Powerlifting. It's strength sports in general. Some weird shit's going on. All right, There's 120 competitors At this meet last year. Alright. That is. Across the board. That is the norm. For some of these big meets. Like you know. RPS. CT states. You're getting a hundred something lifters. This is a two day event. It has never been anything other. Alright. But. Lately. I don't know why. It was just this past year. There is a huge drop off. In competitors. At these meets. We're talking. It went from 120. Down to 50. And it was one session. You know. I've never seen that happen. In my time competing with them. Um. And RPS always draws a huge amount of people. But it's not just them. They say USAPL was canceling events. The strongman count was down. Um, I don't know what it is. We're rattling some shit off. You know, might be due to it, but I don't know. We'll switch to strongman, so. That's it. Yep. Larry went over to strongman. Problem's out. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, it's, it's really crazy. Blows my mind. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't like it whatever though um man i just i don't know fella i don't know we go from up there to just a huge drop off something's gotta be going on and i would like to know what's going on behind that trend but whatever the case may be um it was a big drop off i mean i don't mind because you know i can do my lift and head out um but whatever it is but you got something? You're gonna say like this? There's a huge drop off in the one meet. I'm gonna compete at. There's gonna be like 200 people there. It's gonna be from morning to night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's doing that one meet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, fella. Uh, something. Something's going on. We can we could talk about that whole deal in another podcast. I sure there's a lot of stuff I'm hearing. Like there's the Internet Federation out there now where you submit videos and whatnot. What? Um, there's just a lot of people like not wanting to do meets or wanting to set specific records of meets. Uh, just the mindset's so different now compared to talking about back in the day. Um, a lot of insta people just doing stuff for the Instagram. Like Sorry, now, I, you're telling me, I can place with my gym videos. That is what I'm saying. There's something out there. I don't know if it counts it up in power thing. If it did, that would be the death of a lot of things. That'd be it. That'd be a wrap. That would be it. Um, But I don't think that's the case. But there is a federation that ranks lifts like that and stuff. Um, I'm guessing. So Uh, there's that. Plus there's everyone doing stuff for social media now. I don't think the value is there for wanting to see your lifts go up in rankings. Um, open powerlifting is cool, but everyone's on it, which I think is a downfall too, because with powerlifting watch, uh, you got top 50, so you have to be top 50 in whatever it is. And, and there's much less categories too. Uh, you have to be top 50 in a lot less categories and then open powerlifting comes along, which I think is fantastic. It's a great organized, um, organizational system there. And you can search everything, big spreadsheet. You know, for anyone that doesn't know, that's where you can see all the um, official lifts and whatnot and what you've done if you search your name. Um, I think it's fantastic, but everyone's on there. So you could be ranked 50,000. You could be the bottom 50,000. And you're still on there. So, you know, I I wouldn't be happy being 50,000, but (laughs) I don't think people have as much stake in trying to progress to the higher levels maybe because literally you could narrow that search down till you're number one. And I've seen everyone posting about it, um, where you're like 40 to 44 in this specific federation, you know, there's so many ways to dwindle it down that you, everyone's almost number one. You know what I mean? And when I'm talking to people, they're bringing it up too. they're like, I'm the top master, this and that, and this fed and all this stuff. Um, which I think it's cool to have something to shoot for But I think it's also kind of killing everyone's um, You know drive That was there But I don't know That's that's just me Trying to think of what what might be the cause of that But Either or um, To recap the meat for you You heard my projected meat plan 410 440 I'll go from there Well warm ups are going really good uh, Blows my mind by the way that back, the back room benches are no good. They're just no good, all right? Um, they're slippery, the footing's slippery, and the fact that no one else ever realizes that or wants to do something about it blows my mind, to be honest with you. Um, I guess i have just an advanced as an athlete. You know how much I cover bench. It's just, um, you know, I have the technique real dialed in the bench, and, and maybe I'm feeling something that people aren't, but... I reason this um we're gonna do a video on this too um is that people only push as hard as the environment allows right now because they don't really know better you know you, if you're coming into that back room you're not gonna push so hard that you push yourself off the bench or you're not gonna push so hard that your feet slip right because now you think you're doing something wrong like it's on you it's not on the equipment it's on you um but that is not the case um it's because if you go to the actual competition bench you have no issues you have no issues and that's for a reason all right but if you're in the back room very easy i could push myself right off the pad it's it's very it's not good at all so i have to put bands down and everyone's saying oh that feels so much better of course it feels better now you can actually push hard um put like yoga mat down for your feet or something like that it's gonna feel a lot better because now you can push harder but people don't push to that level because their foot will slip or their shoulders will slip. So people are only pushing as hard as their environment allows, um, which is the issue because people won't know better. Um, so I'm going to do a video on that today too. It's, you, you shouldn't push as hard as your environment. You should change the environment so that you can push your maximal. You know? so put, and it's, it's easy to do. Bands on the bench will work just fine. They'll give you the traction you need. To, it's a super easy fix and then you can put mats down for your feet if that slips but you're never gonna push as hard as you can until you fix the traction all right and you're not shouldn't have problems out of me all the competition benches everyone running meets knows very well like what has to be done you know what i'm saying so um yeah, it's not, it's not you guys. You push as hard as you possibly can all the time, 100%. If you start to slip, that's a problem that you should address with something. All right? But that's what I'm seeing in the warm-up rooms, and I don't know why everyone else isn't feeling this stuff. So we got another question? All right. Shoot. From Tuck uh, Nixit. That was completely butchered. I'm sorry. Can you comment on tension bench press, an accessory for people that normally sink the bar into their diaphragm because of weak chest? All right. Uh, as we know, as usual, can you reread that again for yeah, me? I'm not rereading that name because it takes a while to process it in my head. I'm I'm a little slow with that. Can you comment on tension bench press as an accessory for people that normally sink the bar into their diaphragm because okay. of weak chest? Okay, so when you say tension bench press, um, I'm assuming he's just talking about probably like um, like a longer pause type variation where you're holding control on your chest. Um, or even maybe like a t-shirt press where you're not not sinking the bar or touching really the bar into your chest at all. It's just kind of the hairs of the shirt. Um, So you take a full brunt of the weight. And you're focusing on bending that bar as much as possible. Um, I think that's fantastic. Uh, For people who sink the bar like that, um, you just have to practice not sinking it. It seems simple, but it's difficult Um, For them to actually do that Because they rely so much on momentum off the chest So there's going to be a period Where they really have to build that up Um, So I guess you could relate that Almost to shirt work, right? Where you're getting a good boost off the chest And then you just need to be strong enough to carry through Um, But unless you get stronger off the chest It's going to become very difficult Because you're relying on that Um, So I do think that's a fantastic approach um, I would start first by correcting technique because unless that changes, doing that exercise probably isn't going to change what they normally do. So if I have someone that heaves the bench a lot, um, first I'm going to change up their technique so that they don't go about doing that or um, you know they realize when they are or whatever the case. Usually it's a result of their head's lifting, you know, they have to drop position actually to put position into the bar when they go to do that they're kicking leg drive in when they want to press the bar not the whole time um and usually i'll I'll change their foot position around a little bit and do everything i can to get them pushing back on the bench horizontally versus vertically so technique has to be looked at and then exercises like you just mentioned um that's going to be the bulk of the training to address something like that so hope that helps out um I'm not sure if you're asked because that's an issue you're having or just something you want me to cover. But um, thanks for the question, bud. Um, so who was, I, who was I doing there? I was talking about the whole tension and thing. Yep. Or the attraction. Um, but, yeah, that's what I've seen in the warm-up rooms. And um, I'm realizing that's, that's the issue. People just don't realize um, that they just can't put is went more force into the bar because of the traction and whatnot so I'm gonna touch on that in a video um, that we're gonna do so that'll be good but uh, 410 opener went real well 440 surprisingly kind of sucked um, it went up but it was kind of a, it was a freaking grind shouldn't have been um, started touching like like I was in a shirt and whatnot trying to ride down to the belly and float back and whatnot it, it wasn't uh, wasn't a strong press. And, um, yeah, so the result was I uh, went for 450 after and, um, uh, didn't end up getting that, but it was a much better touch. I just didn't have it that day. Um, for some reason, I was, it was very, uh, tough on my left side. Um, I just didn't have as much pop. You can actually see the bar sinking a little bit. Um, so saw I'm all dressed and training. It might be in balance there, but, um, it was great because I got stronger raw, which I'm sure certainly will help me in a shirt. Um, and I'm happy I got stronger raw. It's nice to see those numbers go up too. And then um, you know I learned something for, for next time. Actually, I flew off the chest. Um, you know all the weight felt really strong off the chest. It's actually near like mid range lockout. I was just didn't lost that pop underneath it. Um, so just like in the shirt too, where I have some hard times locking out. Uh, I'm really gonna stick to addressing that issue for the most part, because now I feel strong off the chest, really have to start addressing lockout and whatnot, especially in the shirt, so, I learned something from it, which is, which is always fantastic, all right, so, I mean, that, that wraps up the whole recap, guys, and I'm sure if you're joining in, you're looking at this championship belt right here around my shoulder, you can get your hands on this, September 14th, At the RPS, Conquest of the Gods Weekend. Out in Newark, New Jersey. So you can sign up for that, rpspowerlifting.com. we would love to see you guys out there. Um, So yeah, check that out. I know um, there's a lot of interest around it. Just got to get people signing up, guys. You got to sign up early. Motivates you to train. Just send it in. Get it sent in. You're good to go. Start training for it. Alright, if it's a quick turnaround for you, don't worry. Push pull championships. It's not a full meet anyways. Just go and treat it as a training day. You know, kind of always drives me nuts when people are like, oh, it's not enough time to prepare. So I'm like, what are you only strong twice a year? You know what I mean? You can still come in and lift weight. So guys, treat it as a as a training session. Whatever you want to do, come in, take a shot at the belt. It'll be there waiting for you. I uh, appreciate everyone listening, jumping in on the IG live. You can meet us on the bench, or I guess in the office, next Wednesday morning for another podcast. We'll see you there. You've been listening to The, the Bench